Folks, it's so good to be with you again. It is Friday, the 18th of June. Welcome back to the Eric Deem Show. As you know, I'm your host, the Chief at the Eric Deem Show. You can always reach me, Chief, at ericdeemshow.com, on the socials, at Eric Deem Show. I always appreciate it. I hope you have been still this week. A lot of great feedback from you all, finding stillness amidst the chaos. Our latest episode for the Eric Deem Show. On Fridays, we do a little bit of a different format, something we call the Deem's List, anything I deem important and nothing else. But don't worry, the ethos of the show is still here. This is my attempt at bringing back common sense, personal responsibility, and the belief that cultural stewardship falls to each of us. So thank you for tuning in and letting me tickle your ears. We have some interesting things happening in the week, um, in this past week. Victoria's Secret, they're going woke. Biden has been uh, continuing down his spiral of decline on the national stage with the G7. Eric Clapton, one of the greats, is being ostracized for his position after being infected and having trouble post-jab. We'll get into that. College students rejecting the flag. They need to find their safe space because the American flag is just too much for them. And the Supreme Court making some interesting decisions. We'll put a link to that. But um, they've basically come out in favor of religious freedom and liberty. So with that, let's dive right into what's happening on the... uh, on the Victoria's Secret front. Do you all remember Victoria's Secret whenever they had angels? Whenever they decided to uh, uphold and celebrate the beauty, the feminine beauty of the world? You're allowed to do that. I, th- I thought you were allowed to do that, but um, nope, nope, nope. Apparently, they have decided that they are going to move on. And um, do you all remember this lady, uh, Rapineau, Megan Rapineau? Yeah, the, the pink hair. So she's on brand, at least. Uh, on the color palette, but um, yeah, so they have decided that they're going to bring her in, and uh, she's going to be, um, well, she's their spokeswoman. So uh, this brand that has been, that has played around this notion of sexy fun is now bringing in the humorless and the brittle Megan Rapinoe as its new spokesperson. That ought to be interesting. Uh, Among others joining her, listen to this, a male model who identifies as a woman and plus-size models. And you're not allowed to criticize any of this, so just stop. I know where your brain is going. It's going right where mine went, and that is uh, gross. I'm not interested in looking at any of that. Listen, I don't stare in front of the mirror and look down because (laughs) there are just some things I don't want to see. Yeah, I need to hit the gym. Yeah, I need to lose a few pounds. Sure, but I'm also not putting myself on a magazine and subjecting anybody to that. I wouldn't recommend it. Just as I wouldn't recommend Victoria's Secret to do this. But uh, nonetheless, they've decided to go woke. And uh, they have a lot of trouble when you start pulling back the curtain. You know, It's like the pendulum swinging, right? It's as if it needs to overswing in order to make up for the sins of apparently... It, um, the Epstein connections with Wexner, who was the owner of Victoria's Secret, founder of Victoria's Secret, he's stepped back, obviously, but nonetheless, um, a lot of trouble occurred there. And of course, 
all of that, any criminal and illegal activity needs to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. But there's a lot of positive that comes out of the, the fact that what Victoria's Secret did was reduce stigmas that was uh, forcing people, well, it was forcing people not to talk about things and, and, and kind of pulling back the curtain on taboo topics, such as just having kind of a fun, sexy, uh, jovial interaction in public. I mean, there are boundaries, sure. You don't want to overstep it. But um, anyway, what do you all think about this? Uh, not what you think. Well, I mean, I'm sure we're going to hear all of it here. We have a very wide and, and diverse group of listeners here. So I know that some of you are going to think this is great. We should have gotten rid of that soft porn industry known as Victoria's Secret and their dancing angels. Others of you are going to say, oh, this is great, wonderful creative outlet where we have the opportunity for women to um, celebrate their beauty and have it be celebrated and promoted. And others of you can't get past the Me Too stuff. And that's understandable. So those are the perspectives that I intend to hear back from. I want to know what you think about it. So uh, be sure to let me know. On to Uncle Joe, Joe Biden. Um, Trump came out and said it was frightening to watch Biden's G7 performance. I tell you what I didn't like. I didn't like seeing um, Macron pointing a finger in, Trump, in, uh, in Biden's face. That would have never happened under Trump. We know that, okay? And I'm not saying Trump is the... <laughs> The end-all, be-all, grand poobah of who we all want leading us. No, but there is one thing Trump did provide, and that was um, this presence of strength and might. And, and nobody was going to step in front of him, cut him off, point a finger in his nose. It wasn't going to happen. But that's what happened with Biden. And then Biden apparently has a short fuse. Some of us can relate to that. But apparently he has a pretty short fuse, and... Um, lashed out at a reporter for asking questions. I mean, could you have imagined at any point in the last four years the president um, doing that and then it not being turned into, oh, see, he's a sexist. See how he responded to the woman who was the reporter? No, instead, this is a fierce Joe Biden. He has a lot on his plate. He is leading. He brings decades of experience. Okay, well, you, got, you can't have it both ways, folks. If you're going to do it one way, then it's... I know. I know what you're saying. Eric, give up. We already know that the media is not going to be fair. That's why we're tuning in and listening to you. Well, you're exactly right. So thanks for tuning in. It's, um, it's interesting. In, in the last week, I just wonder what the rest of the world must be thinking about us on a global stage. Us being the U.S., Leaders of the free world. And we've got Kamala Harris coming back from her failed diplomatic trip to um, Latin America, where she also snapped back to, at reporters. I mean, th there's something to be said here. I'm guessing the people around her, they're not coaching her appropriately, or they're just telling her everything she wants to hear. And that is she's qualified and, and you've got it and you're doing a great job. Well, when push comes to shove, what we see is Kamala can't take the heat. She can't even do her job. She's not qualified for the job. A, an example, a poor example, I might add, um, for women everywhere 
Now, I'm so glad that we can finally check the box and say we have a, a woman who was vice president, but the sad part is she got the job because she only checked the boxes. She was a woman of color and, and, a, and a, she was a person of color and a woman. And Biden made it clear from the beginning he wasn't looking for the most qualified person. He was looking for folks who check certain boxes. It's a deeper conversation for another time, uh, but you start going a little further back into her career, and you realize that this woman got her start and got advancements in ways that we would discourage any woman, young woman, in our life. We would discourage them from doing the things she did to get her start. We don't need to bring up Willie Brown. It just doesn't need to happen. I'm just saying. These are the things that are in the back of my mind as I'm uh, seeing the full picture of Kamala Harris. And you start asking, well, I know we always got to follow the money, but also let's see how she got her start. Sad day. But I think that that all speaks to the fact that the Democrats know they're in a heap of trouble. They know that they are not going to win at the midterms. And so that's why they're trying to race so much of this nonsense through um, so quickly. It's this leftist agenda. I mean, this is not the Joe Biden I grew up knowing. Not middle-class Joe. Not at all. Uh, so anyway, um, Biden continues to embarrass us um, abroad. Nobody's talking about the fact that he just gets the blank stares, can't finish what he's saying. What, we're just going to say that's because he's old? I don't want a president that portrays that, and I know you don't either. So, oh, before I forget, uh, we're going to post a uh, link to this video. Um, but did you all see, speaking of this radical agenda the left is forcing down our throats, have you seen um, this, uh, this black man stand up and just obliterate critical race theory at a Board of Education meeting? talking about his degrees and how could one how could I get multiple degrees if I were so oppressed it's a beautiful thing it just goes to show you that we're living in America that is 2021 we are not a systemically racist nation we may have had it in the past in fact we had systemically racist policies in the past systemically means they're in the system they are laws this actually existed in the past. We've talked about it before, but in 2021, we don't have that. You can start anywhere, any color, any national origin, ethnicity, whatever your starting place, if you come to America, this is why so many people want to come to America. But if you're in America, the sky's the limit. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, it applies for everybody not just the select few. I also have heard a little bit more on um, kind of the breakdown here. This is another aside, but I know you tune in for the asides. I think that the, the real disparity that we're talking about here is not uh, white versus black or male versus female. I think there's a lot to be said about major cities and small towns. I think that's the true divide. It's all an economic discussion if you pull back the curtain and look down and, and who has the ability to make money or who has had the ability to make money in the past and where we are. Fast forward, everybody now has the, if you have an idea that the market wants, everybody has the ability to make money. You just, yeah, 
provide a good or service the market wants and quit complaining if the market doesn't want it and, and you call yourself a victim. No, no, no. Go back to the drawing board if you have to. See, to me, this Midwestern pragmatism I talk about, that's easier to understand when you start going to the small towns like I grew up in. You start going to cities that are even less than a million people. There's just an understanding that merit is how you achieve. You go to these much larger places and it's just, you know, there are a lot of studies and conversations and, and, and things going on that I'm seeing about how these places are so big that the local government has just broken down because it's just so top-heavy it can't actually serve the people. And so we get this perpetuation, this perpetual victimization that is then put in systemically. Anyway, I want to dive a little deeper. If you have any insight or any thoughts on that, I would love to pick your brain, read whatever suggestion you have. Send it over, would you, chief, at ericdeemshow.com. Again, I think that there's a the real divide in America, I think that divide is between the largest cities the largest metropolitan areas, and the rest of us. And I would love to get uh, any more thoughts uh, around that that you may have or you may be connected to. So anyway, moving right along, Eric Clapton, what a guy. Now, he's good friends with Van Morrison. Van Morrison has come out pretty staunchly against uh, the vaccine, the forced vaccination, I should say. And... Um, well, Eric Clapton had a disastrous reaction to the AstraZeneca vaccine. And um, we posted a video on Instagram, which was just him talking. He was being interviewed by somebody. He was talking. And I thought it was such a touching, powerful video. It was about 25 minutes. Thanks to those of you who endured it. There were two spots in there that froze up for about five, seven seconds, which seems like an eternity in Instagram land. But nonetheless... The biggest takeaway for me after watching Eric Clapton talk about the fact that when he got the first jab, he got gravely ill. Uh, he was hot. He was cold. He couldn't get comfortable. His hands w started to experience numbness. And if you know Eric Clapton, you know that this is one of the finest guitarists, one of the finest musicians of the last century. And so this is his livelihood. He had to delay and after already canceling a tour, right? Um, and if you know me, you know that I'm a big fan of British-born entertainers. That's right. You know it. Reginald Dwight, you may know him as Elton John, is, uh, we have a shrine to him here at, at the Eric Deem Show. Uh, I'm Still Standing plays in the background before we go live every week. So uh, I'm a big fan of the British-born performers, Eric Clapton being on that list. The biggest thing that I took away from his talk was how his kids, how his kids were so impassioned about the need to get the vaccine and to do this so, so that they could help other people. And he starts saying, this is whenever we know they have really done despicable things. And, and they being uh, the government, the National Health Service over there, whenever they started using guilt trip tactics in order to get you to make decisions. Coercion. And he started calling it out, and he's basically said he's tried to reach out to several of his fellow musicians, but um, he doesn't hear from them all like he did. Uh, the phone doesn't ring as often as it once did, and 
That's an interesting time, isn't it? Especially for the crowd that loves to speak tolerance. Everybody wants to talk tolerance. But it's tolerance until they're not. Tolerance exists for the differences around us. It doesn't mean we all have to be the same. So I wish folks' actions speak louder than words. Um, yes, they need to stop talking out of both sides of their mouths, but um, they also need to step up and, and walk the talk. If you're preaching tolerance, then you need to tolerate those who disagree with you. It's, it's so interesting now. You can be the person who is quoting CDC website stats and you're labeled a conspiracy theorist. You start looking at the data on the CDC website and you start saying just how many people didn't die of anything other than COVID last year. You're labeled a conspiracy theorist. It's in the data, folks. Go look at the data for yourself. Anyway, Godspeed to um, Eric Clapton in his recovery. He now has a, a, a doctor's note that says he doesn't have to get any future vaccines because um, he had an autoimmune response to this. Well, how many other folks is this occurring to and we're not hearing about? How many other women have lost their babies because they got the vaccine while they were pregnant? The numbers are out there. It's happening. How many folks is Eric Clapton brought up, how many folks like my children are going to get it and then won't be able to have children? He said, well, my kids probably don't want kids at, at this point. And because uh, he mentioned that to his daughter and his daughter said, well, I don't care about that. And, and maybe you don't. But I know there are many folks who do. And the, the future of the human race depends on being able to procreate. So I know that sounds elementary, but we need to remind folks of that because some of the things happening in our schools are just, well, they're not teaching what you and I learned. Arithmetic, English, no. No, instead we're teaching white privilege, the hoax of white privilege, I might ask, add, and um, whitewashed history, as we've talked about in the past. Um, you know, you got to have the Aunt Jemima without Aunt Jemima despite the great story uh, of her success and what that meant. I mean, an entire, <laughs> from slavery to millionaire in a generation. I mean, unbelievable success. But instead, let's not talk about that. Let's instead continue to perpetuate division among everybody, divide and conquer, perpetuate division and victimhood. College students say American flag symbolizes genocide, extremism, injustice, and sins we've committed against others. This past week was Flag Day. I hope you remembered to hang your flag properly. That's a pet peeve from the past, as you all know. So I hope you uh, took to yourself, and I hope you were a leader in your neighborhood, and I hope you showed everybody how you're supposed to do it. Stars up and to the left, as you know. So anyway... Um, isn't this just sad? My country, tis of thee. I remember in Mrs. Craig's class, sitting at uh, Stone School Elementary, my country, tis of thee, we would sing that. Uh, you can't do that anymore. No, no, no. Instead, we've got to sit around and, and listen to the critical race theory um, nut jobs telling us why we're ahead as white folks and while... Uh, Everybody, and why we have the guilt on our shoulders. And I, I say it that way because when I was in elementary school, there were only white folks in the classroom. 
When you grow up in Belpre, Ohio, and the population is 97% white, I know I didn't grow up with privilege. I grew up damn near in poverty, but nobody really knew it. Now, there were some folks who had privilege in town, but only a handful of families. But everybody was white. So how do you have that conversation there? That's where I'm, I'm getting at whenever I start talking about the major cities, which tend to have multiculturalism and, and greater diversities um, from a demographics perspective, down to the rest of America. 70% of America is white. 13% of America is black. And there's Hispanic, Latino stuff. I posted this as well on social media the other day, a breakdown of census projections. So when you have that kind of data, it, the numbers don't lie. But now we're having to lie to kids and, and teach them that uh, instead of judging somebody by the content of their character, we're first supposed to label them by what we see, their skin, and put them in a box and then give them infinite amounts of options to choose from, regardless of what the science and biology are saying. What kind of confusion are we instilling in folks? Now, I'm not, I'm not coming against you know, the, the adults out there who have made decisions uh, and, and have decided this is life. Listen, we live in the greatest country on planet Earth. You have the ability to make those freedoms. So long as you're not infringing on the rights and the freedoms of other people, I support your ability to do that. I think when you bring kids into the equation, that's where so many red flags have been raised. There needs to be a foundation from which somebody can grow. And we're just ripping out the foundations. We're ripping out the foundations for kids. When you don't know right from wrong, left from right, truth from lie, and it's pervasive. And it certainly doesn't stop uh, with the propaganda that they're feeding children in schools. But nonetheless, it's, it's just a sign of the times, isn't it? And it's one of those things that I think for all of us, those of you tuning in, who appreciate the fact that um, we have come a long way as a country, we have learned so much, we have corrected so many wrongs and made them right given so much liberation and freedom to people around the world. Sure, that does not happen without bad things happening because people are involved. People are fallible. End of discussion. But at the end of the day, if not for America, fill in the blank. Where would we be? Where would we be as a society? Look at our Constitution. Look what it affords us. Look at the Declaration of Independence where we said we are, we are leaving this rule, this monarchy, telling us what we have to do. We were born out of revolution. This idea that we are going to stand on our own two feet, backed up and supported in a belief in God and a destiny. Yes, I know. You look back and you're saying, but, that, but this, but that, but this, but that. Yeah, yeah. You got to be honest. You got to be able to have the conversation. You've got to teach both the good and the bad, the ugly and the hard, the easy. It all has to be taught. We have to celebrate our country. We celebrate our country by flying the flag, by pledging allegiance to the flag. So, Flag Day was June 14th. I'll forgive you if you forgot to fly the flag. Old glory, go put her out. Uh, also, Juneteenth, June 19th, 
is now a federal holiday. We are now, I'm so glad to hear it, Texas leading the way once again. They have celebrated this as a holiday for many, many years. Uh, as, uh, for those of you that don't know, Juneteenth is uh, whenever word finally arrived in 1865 to Texas, some two years later, I believe, after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed, that um, slaves are freed. So we are celebrating the emancipation, uh, the abolishment of slavery, and some of you reached out, and I, you weren't joking, that's the sad part, and said, how can you celebrate Juneteenth but not allow critical race theory to be taught in schools? Uh, very simply, because we celebrate progress, true progress. The fact that these folks received freedom centuries ago and, and now can and live, live the freedom, live, live the good life that, um, that this country was founded to provide for everybody. Every man, every woman, every child. They didn't quite realize it, or at least they weren't walking the talk as we would have wanted them when it started. But you know what? We're an experiment, and an experiment means we get better and better over time. And we've certainly gotten better by now celebrating Juneteenth as a federal holiday. What, what a time to be alive. There are some glimmers of hope, despite the nonsense that um, Marxism throws at us disguised as progressivism. But anyway, I'll leave you with this final story. The Supreme Court rules for Catholic agency not working with possible same-sex couple foster parents. So this goes back to uh, when the city of Philadelphia froze the charity, um, Catholic charities, when it froze a Catholic charities contract after it said its religious views prevented it from working with same-sex couples as foster parents. Well, the Catholic agency said, um, based on our teaching, our dogma, and what we believe, one man and one woman are who define parents. And so, anyway, it went up. It was a unanimous decision by the Supreme Court, which is why I mention it. The Supreme Court ruled unanimously on Thursday that the city of Philadelphia violated a Catholic agency's First Amendment rights when it froze the group's contract for refusing to work with same-sex couples as potential foster parents. So there's a lot of other things coming out with regard to the uh, Supreme Court, but I think it's important to get beyond the talking heads and actually look at what's happening. Read the opinions. Read the fact that despite there being a 6-3 court Republican majority, the three liberals also sided with this. So don't let the talking heads uh, spin you around. Stay focused. Stay driven toward the truth. What else do you have? Summer is basically here. We're having a wonderful time uh, getting ready for the 4th of July where we get to celebrate the freedom. Uh, I, news flash to Joe Biden. We've been celebrating our freedoms long before he told us we had permission to get together in our backyards with our families. Yeah, some of us never stop doing that because we already have a permission slip to celebrate freedom. It's called our Constitution. Thanks for tuning in, friends. As always, chief at ericdeemshow.com, on the socials at Eric Deem Show. See you soon.